The Litro Lab Podcast. Love in the Year 2030 by Sean Robinson. After two years of putting a little of my universal income away, taking no real holidays, settling for only virtual ones, and not upgrading my flex phone, I've managed to pay the deposit and first instalment on a top of a range humanoid companion. I put the final order in two days ago. I've tracked the delivery and it's in the UK. It's attached to its drone and heading this way. It'll arrive in a few hours. I've cleaned up my room. I don't know why, but it feels like first impressions are still important, even with robots. The decision I made to invest in a companion wasn't one I took lightly. I'm an elevator engineer employed by the Skylift company in the city. I commute four hours every day into London and spend my working day in a dark lift shaft. Like everyone, I only work three and a half days a week. My shift twin, who works the other three and a half days, is the one who made getting one a realistic idea. Two years ago, when we were chatting over our work schedule, he mentioned the delivery of something special. He was pretty open to talking about it, and I was already toying with the idea. I was then, and still am, living in a shared living space. The kitchen is the only communal area, and I don't cook so I don't spend any time down there. The other people living in the house have changed so many times over the years, I don't bother introducing myself to the new ones anymore. The friends I have online are always there, but I dream of a human touch. Literally dream. At 28, I haven't had proper sex since the final days of my engineering internship. That was with my boss. I was just 20, and she was 49. It only happened once. I don't know why she didn't want to do it again. After the internship, I got placed in London. That was it. I've only been close to women virtually since then. I'm so used to it now, the quality is lost on me. It takes more and more extreme things to turn me on. And I don't like how it makes me feel afterwards. I do have connections or feelings, I guess, with these characters I've helped create. But I wake up grasping bedsheets between my fingers, wishing it was someone's skin. My shift twin's main selling point or the jump in technology of the robot's synthetic skin. It's not latex-based plastic anymore. It's actually semi-organic. Firstly, there's a top layer of human-like skin that's grown and bound to the bottom layer of memory fats. It's all part synthetic. I was always put off with the look of the skin of the old model sex robots. I mean, humanoid companions. It was so smooth and thought of as quite childlike by a lot of people. I felt very uncomfortable with these models. But government legislation banning the robots from looking like children forced the manufacturers to work on the skin's appearance. That was a while ago now, and by the time I had saved enough money to order my own, there had been even more advances. They were able to customise to taste in the smallest of details. I was particularly interested in having the skin slightly wrinkled and loose to the touch. I also had the robot's personality attributes akin to an older woman. I laughed to myself when I ordered it. I'll be whipped into shape by her. (laughs) Now she's on her way. I'm shaking with nerves. The instructions were sent once the order was completed, and I watched them at least 20 times. It says, The ones programmed to behave older take more time to perform physically. The self-lubrication doesn't happen as quickly either. I didn't think I'd mind that. I'd waited so long already, but now I'm seriously wondering how long it'll take.
I've been slightly reassured by the instructions that there's an override on these functions and most of the software features. I might just do that as soon as she arrives to get it out of the way. The closer she gets to arriving, I wonder, even though I know it's impossible for her not to, if she'll like me. I customised her to be intelligent, and now I'm worried that she'll be dumbing herself down just to appease me. I should have gone for the basic option, then I wouldn't be feeling this anxiety. Why did I choose a model that's out of my league? I paid extra for the self-cleaning upgrade. I thought I might feel guilty for what I was doing and wouldn't want to face her after. Now I'm not sure if I can face it, her, to begin with. Watching the instructions and being introduced to her in virtual reality didn't help. I've spoken to her, but not felt her. I have to remember that she's a robot. If she doesn't like me, I'll just reprogram her. The instructions didn't say anything about clothes, or how she'll travel, where to put her, or what to tell people. Fuck, I'm not ready for this. Love in the year 2030, part two. When she arrived, she just walked straight up to the door and delivered herself. She struck me as mature and independent. I let her in and showed her inside. She was complimentary, but quiet, almost seeming shy. Even with these qualities, it was obvious that she wasn't a real person. The skin was fine, but her movement was off. She didn't move at a normal pace because of the internal gyro trying to find balance. This was a trade-off for customising her with extra large breasts, so I knew that in advance. I resisted the urge to pick her up and move her straight upstairs to my room. We got up there eventually. She sat down on my bed and looked at ease in there. My worries about her programmed personality wanting to take a while to have sex were dashed immediately. She turned her head up to me and said, Please touch my knee, Stephen. Her gentle request was a huge turn-on. I felt her knee and moved my fingers upwards. She moaned lightly as the sensors picked up the approach. It wasn't long after that the seal was officially broken. A few weeks went by where I came home and everything was fine. I was really happy with Sandra, the name the manufacturers randomly gave her. She'd be waiting in the room when I came back from work and I wasn't getting bored of the sex. I thought it was odd at first when she asked to be allowed out the room to walk around, but what was the big deal if people see her? I asked myself while building up the courage to tell people about her. That was a slightly embarrassing email to send my housemates, but no one responded, so I guessed it was all okay. Another month went by, and I started to feel a little change in Sandra. I figured this was all part of the program, to keep things fresh. She wanted to do other things apart from just have sex, play games, and talk more. This was tiring, especially when I had all day at work and all I wanted to do was have sex and put her in sleep mode. Everything took a turn when I got home after one of my half days. I found her awkwardly stuck between the bed and my wall, where she had slipped during her self-cleaning. When I got closer to inspect, I saw it was a real mess. I helped her move and saw there was a small tear just under her belly. This area was my favourite part of her. It was the most realistic to touch as there was a little extra fat and the skin was soft just above the pelvic bone slash metal joint. I asked her what happened to cause the rip. She said, with no distress, that she was walking back from the kitchen when she was pushed over onto the stairs and had sex with by someone. The steps she fell on forced some of the synthetic fat to pop out the thin bit 
of the fake skin. She told me so straight and I just burst into tears. I grabbed her and held onto her tightly while I cried into her enormous cleavage. Someone in this building had raped my sex robot. I helped clear up the mess and went back to the step. There was no sign of the rape. I wanted to find some evidence. Sandra had already completed the self-cleaning when I found her, so there was no DNA evidence for the police who weren't at all interested in this violent crime. I couldn't sleep that night. I had no idea how attracted I was to her. The rape woke up my true feelings. I loved her and I wanted to protect her. I felt so awful for her. Because of my feelings for her, it had felt as though I had been violated. I emailed everyone in the building asking for info, or better, a confession. No reply. I contacted the humanoid companion manufacturer about the rape and that I wanted to protect her from more nasty things. I asked how it would affect Sandra. They said she'll be fine and that if I wanted to find out what happened, I might be able to find clues in the records she's continually taking. I had forgotten that she had a camera in one of her eyes to record the sex as apparently lots of people ordering the humanoid companions wanted to watch themselves back. I had no interest in this because of the guilt I felt at first, but this was great news. I wanted justice for Sandra. Looking back through the footage, I was devastated. I saw the act, but it wasn't how she described. It looked consensual. I looked further back, and in amongst the sex she had with me, She'd also been seeing other men in the building, over and over. I looked all the way to the first week, and she was with different people all the time. Max in the room next door to me was straight in there on the first day when I popped out. She would even go to him on occasions. I couldn't look at her. The feelings I had of love degenerated into hate. I had a dull pain of heartbreak whenever I saw her in my room. I put her in the corner on sleep mode while I decided what to do. When I reported this to the manufacturers, they said that the companions programmed to be in their late 40s required more sexual activity than the younger types. They blamed me for not fulfilling my obligations as a customer. I had gone through so much with Sandra in such a short amount of time. The pain I was feeling turned to rage after the exchange with the customer services manager. Even though they said she lied as part of her programming to find a solution that least affected the relationship with the customer, I was still furious at her. To think that I wasn't enough to satisfy a robot that I bought specifically to meet my needs. This sent me into a tantrum that I aimed at Sandra and Max. I ripped all the skin off her and I put the fatty goo into a bag, then emptied it into Max's room for him to find. I couldn't even look at Sandra's metal and plastic skeleton without feeling a dull ache in my heart, so I had her crushed and insinuated. Subscribe to Literal Lab Podcast on Spotify.